and away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking Cameron in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and today we got a special episode for you because we're interviewing a band called iron horse iron horse is a bluegrass cover band that has done bands like metallica modest mouse guns and roses nirvana on and on and on they've done dozens of them in the past and that's what they do they do originals as well And now has come the time where they just released a brand new album called Pickin' on Pearl Jam, believe it or not. So they are here. They're going to talk to us about what it took to learn the songs, to put the album together, and some of the complications and challenges that it takes to transfer Pearl Jam music to bluegrass. Because I don't know if you have ears or not, but Pearl Jam and bluegrass don't necessarily sound the same. So... Why don't we just get to introducing the band members first, and John and I will take it over, and you'll hear what the guys have to say. Tony Robertson, mandolin. I do the tenor part mainly. Ricky Rogers, I play bass, sing baritone, occasional lead. I'm Vance Henry. I play guitar and uh, lead vocal and tenor vocal. Andy Richardson, and I play banjo, and I sing some bass vocals and Uh, some other area harmony vocals when needed. This all reminded me of the Beatles BBC where they all had to introduce themselves. And then Paul McCartney says at the end, I'm Paul and I play the fool. (laughs) It reminds me of that. So very cool. Thank you guys for for coming on. Similarities in us and the Beatles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can see them. Yes. The, the mop tops maybe. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not so mop tops. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just chatting a little bit before we started, and it's very interesting. You guys have done cover stuff for a long time, it seems, from Kanye West to Nirvana to Metallica, all onward. You kind of throw a dartboard and you can find an artist, then you've probably hit them. What goes into picking who you guys want to cover and and why you guys choose to take on that challenge. Well, it's sort of a, a collaboration between us and, and CMA <coughs> out in Los Angeles. They, they will give us artists that they would like for us to do. And we will talk it over and see if that's doable. Like, like they pitched us corn one time. And we, we really could. Yeah, we really couldn't do much with that. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. I mean, 
they, yeah, they're a great band and everything, but for bluegrass, it was it was even more of a stretch than we were used to. So, so, so we sort of passed on it. They pitched to somebody else. Uh, you know, we're not dissing corner or anything. They're a great band. Uh, but but we you know there's there's certain things that fit well with this and some things that that don't fit so well with it. Some of it fits surprisingly well, like Metallica. Uh, you know, was when they came to us with that, it was just you know what in the world do we do with this? But after we began to study their music, uh, we we got intrigued by the genius in it, the absolute genius in it. The chord progressions and stuff was something we were completely unfamiliar with. Yeah. Uh, so so you know, a, as they come along, we we listen to the music and we try to figure out if we can do anything with it. And we've done some things that were quite a stretch. Uh, Pearl Jam was quite a stretch. It was one of the harder ones that we've done. They they have such unique music. When you start trying to break it down, it, it becomes uh, uh, a a labor path. You, you're going to have to work at it to to make it bluegrass sound. For uh, for for the bands that you do in it, like Pearl Jam in particular, um, is it a matter of going through just trying to transpose note for note? Like I'm going to look at the bass. I'm going to look at the the rhythm guitar. I'm going to look at the lead guitar, and I'm going to try to be as faithful as possible. Or do you try to like just do a little more by feel and put a little bit more of your own kind of spin on it? Well, what what was neat when we began this process from CMH, they said, we want you to do uh, bluegrass versions of this. We, we don't want you to do just acoustic versions, note for note, like the original artist did. So we want you to do your take on it. And it gave us a lot of freedom uh, you know, to, to, to approach it, to try to tr bring it over to the bluegrass style, uh, the, the genre of bluegrass. And I think bluegrass is, you know, it's, it's a flexible music. Uh, so it, it gave us a lot of freedom and it wasn't as difficult uh, to make some of the transitions. In the beginning it was, but once we learned our, our kind of our method of operating, uh, it was yeah. it, more intuitive, you know, as we, and try to make it fit within the way we grew up on bluegrass. The approach that we took was if Metallica pitched us this song, uh, how would we do it? You know, from a, a songwriter yeah. with a guitar approach to it. So, so we tried to leave the riffs in as much yeah. as possible, you know, to, to, to get their spirit, you know, into the song and any artist we do, we try to do that. So, uh, so once you, you get that, you, you got something from the base to begin with, and then it's, it's take their spirit of what they intended for the song and turn it into what we would have heard in the song as a bluegrass song. So, so it makes it make sense then any, any other way doesn't really make sense to us because we don't, we don't think in the terms of rock and roll, uh, so to speak. This and that's interesting. I want to go back to some of what you said about Pearl Jam being a challenge and composition wise. Like, what did you learn from what they do and like studying those guys? I mean, they're super talented. Like, Stone Gossard writes some of the most amazing songs and he does clever, creative things with what he has. So, what are what were some of those challenges in trying to create that transition? I think uh, I think we could honestly say the timing of the vocals 
uh, in line with the music. It's where the vocals come in on the beat or off of the beat. That was the biggest challenge I think we had. Uh, they, it, it was strange to us where he would come in with the lead vocal, like maybe in between a beat that we wasn't used to that, you know. We were used to hitting it right on the beat. But he comes in at odd times, which gives a very unique sound. Well, it is their sound. That's what it is. That's Pearl Jam's sound, you know, in a nutshell. But it, it was a challenge. You know, we had, to, we had to get that thought process out of our mind. Well, that's not right. It's not on the beat. And we had to think differently. And, and, and some of that, in all the groups we've done, you know, we had to get out of the mentality of looking at things the same way. It really opened our eyes up to be honest with you, to, to the world of music, totally, you know, or it did to me. I can, I can honestly say it did to me. Yeah. yeah. Did, uh, did they come to you with, uh, with a song list or did they just give you some directions, give you the records and say, Hey, you know, check these out, see which ones you might think might translate. Well, what was that like uh, going through and picking the, picking the songs that you guys did? CMH uh, actually sent us like 20 cuts hmm. And they said, you know, we, we realize we don't want you to do all 20, but we'd like for you to choose from these cuts, the ones that you think you can do the most with. And so that's what we started out, just through a process of elimination, you know, of which songs, which was really tough um, for exactly like Andy's saying there. Uh, I did a little blurb for Rolling Stone magazine last week, and and, and, and I, I told them that, that our one of our biggest problems was that it's almost like the band is playing separate from the lead singer. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but yet they, they come together, you know, sort of for the common good. It's almost like two different things going on inside their little world and, and getting those two to come together uh, was the challenge to in bluegrass. Everything is, is, is like Andy said, it, it's on the beat. It's twos and fours. Uh, he might come in on a one, or he might come in somewhere between a one and a two, and and we don't, you know, we we it's hard for us to comprehend that. It, it it's like the robot on uh, Lost in Space. It did not compute. Yeah. Do you remember? Was there a was there a song that you remember that was like, oh, we we can't do anything with this. We're not going to be able to make that work. I think probably out of the twenty cuts they sent us, we could have worked out something with all of them. We okay. just that and listen through and just kind of decided collectively as the four of us, what we felt like would, would, uh, would work, uh, you know, uh, would fit good to, to the way we do it. Yeah. But, uh, to answer your question, spin the black was, was an absolute stretch. No kidding. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, know that we didn't know that. We're, we're listening to it and we're going, we get. We need to do this, yeah. but but how do you do this? How, how does this become something coherent? The story of that song is it was actually written as more of a mid tempo song, but I think the cassette got played too fast in the demo and ended up being way faster than it originally planned on being, oh, yeah. and they ended up keeping it that way. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. interesting. But interesting. I noticed, like, um, you know, if you got if, if people haven't heard it, like some of them are are more faithful some of them you took a little bit more liberties with which which one do you prefer do you do you like is it more rewarding to kind of take a song like i'm thinking of something like rearview mirror um which is very different the way that you guys did it from the originals how, talk about that was it how was the process of like 
going through and, and kind of making that song your own is like what, what you would do with it. Well, that, that whole melody right there, it, it was just a pleasure to work with. Uh, the, the thought process that it conjures up when you're listening to it, it sounded like a song that should have been a, cla- uh, a classic uh, movie theme song. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it was almost like it didn't get its justification. And, and I know it did it, the way they did it. And, and I know they sold a lot of records, but the song is actually better than that. It's, it's, it's one of those songs that, uh, that would just stick in your head. And so we took the parts that stood out to us as we went through the track and we tried to accentuate those, uh, you know, like the rear view mirror. It's not so much in their song, but we felt it in our song. The way that we all played it collectively, yeah. it just started, it just puked out that way. So so it, it, the, the real genius of them showed in songs like that. I'm glad you brought that song up because it's it, it was one of the funner cuts to yeah. do. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, we one. talk about we talk about live shows. That's a song that when they do it live, they'll stretch it out to eight, nine, ten, eleven minutes with like a long jam in the middle. Yeah, like, it's good. Yeah, it's that yeah. good. Yeah, that did sound like your your longest song, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was there's so, I, much, there's so much meat in it musically uh, that that even after we finished that particular cut. Uh, I think it was Vance and I were sitting there, you know, looking, listening through the cut and and we were going, you know, there's even more you can do with this, but you know, you run out of time to deal with things, you know, you, yeah. you could massage it for the rest of your life. Yeah. But that was one of those cuts that was just a real pleasure to, to, to do and transcribe nice. it the way that, that we felt their music going. Now you, you guys said you got 20 songs that were sent to you and did you, go through and did you actually all put together all of the 20 or were the the final eight that got left off? Did you never go through and like try them before going to, were there any songs, extra songs recorded on that? Like I I'd love to know what those challenges were as to why those weren't recorded. Kind of like you listen through and maybe somebody's got, a guitar and a mandolin there and they're chunking along and you're trying to get a kind of get a feel, you know, can we do something with this or, you know, that, that's kind of the approach we usually take. You know, if, if we get in a little groove with it, we'll go with it. You know, we thought, yeah, this thing's going to really have some good spots in it. We can do this. And, you know, of course we've been doing this a long time. So we're a little bit, you know, more astute. It's can, we got foresight. We can see that now, you know, I think we, uh, we we did 13 and we recorded 13 they called yeah. one but i can't remember which one it was we we cut you know oh i'm dying to know yeah 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 we would we would have to go back and look that up yeah as we worked our way through the the tracks like you know to answer the question you're you're asking there like andy was saying you you look for those little meat yeah those little meaty Oof. things and yeah. those things that stick out in your mind that make you want to listen to it again and, and then we end up, you know, hey, yeah, this is good. So this catches our attention right now. So surely it will catch somebody else's attention as they listen to it. We, we don't just do this for ourselves. We like doing it for people who like uh, music in different genres. You know, it, it, it's, it makes it interesting because a lot of songs you can't tell the yellow lead better 
you can't tell what the words are. I was going to ask about you're that. You're just listening through that. And so we, uh, <laughs> you know, for us, you know, we had to go looking up lyrics, you know, and as we did that, you run off in that rabbit trail of somebody else says, well, this is what that word said. <laughs> Bluegrass people, they don't listen to it if they can't hear the words. That, you know, so so you've got to make it plain enough that they can enjoy it too, and and then still stay true to the artist. You know, inception of the song. I think you guys were did a really really great job at articulating those lyrics, and it's something that that is an inside joke for the last thirty years within the whole entire Pearl Jam world. That yeah. oh, what's Ed saying? Is it make me fries? Or, uh, yeah. You know, on a wish on a whale, yeah. whatever it is. And that <laughs> was a whole. I was talking yeah. about. Oh, you mm-hmm. read that stuff and you go, well, is this wrong? <laughs> that sounds like yeah, what he's yeah. saying. Yeah, and you look up the lyrics online and you get three or three different ones, you know. <laughs> exactly. Right. And Ed doesn't know them either. They'll do it live. It's their it's their closer. It's their last song of the night. And Ed'll just go, oh, and I it's all uh, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And let me throw another tambourine into the crowd. <laughs> that's his whole thing. Yeah, and they should. That's creative. It's that's that's a good way to keep everybody guessing. Sort of right. like the Eagles with Hotel California, you know. What's the meaning of it all? We learned years ago that it's not up to us, you know, to dissect what the meaning of the songs are. It's just to present them the way that the artist intended to present them, just in yeah. a different genre. Right. You know? Sure. Now yes. I've I have a question because I, I just want to share this with you guys because I'm assuming that you're not on TikTok. We are not. <laughs> we know of. We get put in places that yeah, a lot of times we don't know how. Yeah, it a lot got of times somebody say, "Hey, I seen you on so and so the other day." We'll say, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just the social media presence. You, yeah, you never is. know where you're where you're floating yeah. around. Yeah. But um, I, I actually wasn't really a TikToker either. This is this thing that I'm going to tell you right now is my only TikTok that I've ever done. And I was very anti it until I felt inspired by listening to you guys. So what was so interesting to me is I'd go through and I, I try like with this idea coming to my mind after listening to two or three of the songs, I went through and I didn't want to know what track I was listening to. So I, I would hit play. And the song would go. And I was like, all right, let's see if I can get it before the lyrics hit. And most of the time I was like, where are they going with this? I had no clue as to like what the, because it was so unique to what your style is. And then, you know, son, she says, come in, comes in. I'm like, I would have never guessed in a million years that that was alive. So I, I put it, I put together a little video. I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll, I put together a video of me just trying to guess it before the lyrics hit. And somehow I was able to get six of 12. I don't know how that happened, but um, literally <laughs> yeah, like, good, really good. yeah, uh, like better, better man. I, I, I had that like little inclination, that little doom, 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 like that is pretty close to it even flow is basically the the you know the same uh, chorus but songs like alive and given a fly and even just breathe a little bit just went in different directions so when listening to the songs because the thing that you can say about pearl jam is that right from the minute a song hits 
like that's ingrained into your memory. You can remember that. Like it is a catchy hook. That's how they write songs and not presenting that and having to go another direction and not necessarily taking that alive riff, that classic and going in a different direction. How were you guys able to develop that process? Well, that, that's one of those, that's part of the bluegrass process in that a, a lot of bluegrass songs, and these other guys can speak to this too, uh, as we learn to play music in, in the bluegrass style, uh, there are, the way the riffs work in bluegrass, you, you generally work in and out of them. You know, you, you, you touch on the riff or you touch on a phrase of the melody or the lyrics, and then you move on. So that's how we learn. So that's a, a sort of our approach. We, we don't want to learn somebody's guitar break and the way that they played it. We, we just want to get the high spots that really makes you eventually alert to, yeah, that's, that is what they're doing. That, that is part of that guitar break or part of that intro or, or part of that ending. If it sticks out to us, then normally we have to leave. We want to leave it in the song. Because if it sticks out to us, it sticks out to other people. So when it in bluegrass, you've got to start the song. You, you can't start every song with a with a count. So you need a lead in for it. And so in order to do that, we took liberties in little spots uh, within those songs to lead into the yeah, song. Added added bluegrass bluegrass licks. Yeah, so to speak. You know. Yeah, and and a, a lot of Pearl Jam's guitar stuff, and you guys can speak to that too. And, and their bass stuff uh, is is uh, seemed to us a little random to the song. You know, it's it it's it, it almost you're listening to it and you're going, well, bluegrass people would have kicked into it this way if that had been just yeah. pitched us the song. Mm -hmm. So so we had to to try to hang on to those little nuggets, but at the same time, uh, stay I guess true to the to, to the bluegrass genre of it of of you know, stepping into it the way a bluegrass song is song is stepped into. And and some of it was we we didn't listen to the songs a lot. You know, we didn't over familiarize ourselves with their versions of it. Um, and and so that enabled us to to not be biased. You know, like the great songs that we all could name and list. That's our favorites of all time. Uh, we liked the way we heard them the first time, you know, and and so it, it was beneficial to us just to not get too many repeats as we listened to this. We'd listen to it to get the melody, the the flow, the the signature hook riffs, that, you know, the things that, like Tony said, that stood out, and and try to apply that to the to the bluegrass style the bluegrass box or the bluegrass approach i know like you know you talked about doing metallica and metallica is another band that's known for like ripping guitar solos and like these breaks where they'll be like a lead guitar will come in and go for 90 seconds and like how do you handle like moving that into a bluegrass i know like you, you i know a little bit like your banjo is more the percussion in a bluegrass band um, how do you handle like something like Pearl Jam where it's very guitar solo heavy, but what, how do you work on like moving that into a bluegrass song? Like what instrument kind of takes that lead? I know there's, there's different ways to handle it. 
Well, it, the, 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 the banjo uh, it is the drive in a bluegrass band. Uh, if you've got a five-string banjo, it's going. You want it driving the mute, pushing the mu- music forward. Uh, the mandolin is is primarily a, a melody instrument with a percussive chop throughout uh, the, the the tracks. The guitar and the bass are are holding the rhythm in place. You know, so you you have to. We extract out of their songs where those can can mate up. For instance, we might have to change the meter to a song, which we did quite a bit in these, and you you probably understood that. Uh, So by doing so, uh, it allowed the banjo some freedom uh, to to, uh, interject into the track the way Andy hears what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Not, Not just in the melody of the song, but in the spirit of the song. And sometimes that's the hardest thing is is to sort of keep their spirit, you know, in there because no two bands are alike. And we found out over the years after this 15 projects for CMH that that how different they really are. And and Ricky can probably speak more to, uh, you you know, the 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 bass part of it. You know, most of these bands are heavy in bass riffs and runs. Bluegrass is not so much that way. And so you have to back off of that a little bit. The tendency is to sort of do what they've done. But if you do that, then you end up with what they've done, what they have done. And you don't end up with just the spirit, the intent of it. Like if they came into a room with that song and they sat down with it, uh, you know, they would probably start it with an acoustic guitar and and a, a yellow legal pad and they're writing down words and, and so we have to get all the way back to that yeah. and then let that banjo or that mandolin or that guitar feed into that spirit of, of things. But, there, but you're, you're telling me there wasn't a time when someone wanted to plug in that electric mandolin and just go nuts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Flying V, I've got one. Sure, sure. <laughs> and look, it, it's hard to resist that temptation of, of taking these these instruments and just go, man, I, I want to do that right there. But we've had to uh, be a little more reserved and, you know, in order to, to do them justice uh, uh, and, and not do that. Because if they came up to us and handed us this song and said, hey, do this song, uh, we we have to do it the way that we think we would have approached it, and 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 kept the writers feel in it, you know, the same way that that they approached it when they originally done the song, they did the song, they heard things, they felt things, and it, it came out in the music, and that's sort of what we're reinventing, I guess you could say, in doing these tracks. It's crazy because you guys talk about like taking the time and, and really kind of working on it and trying to, you know, keep to the bluegrass style. And, and I'm thinking like some of these songs were definitely written in like two hours that you guys just played. And, and like, I, I, I can't put my finger on one of them. That was, I know that there are a couple in there that did take a little bit of time to, to write, but like half of what Pearl Jam is, is just kind of writing on a tour bus and then like all right let's go and record this and see what's up and then we have a song play it live before ever recording it and see what we have i'm curious because uh tony you said that river mirror was probably your favorite one to do i'm curious everybody else what were your favorite songs to work on on this oh oh 
I would say daughter, maybe. I like a, a better man. Uh, yeah, you know, I could I could pick more than one for sure. But it seemed like you guys had something really tight on Better Man. Like that was the one. Like you released it as a single. There's a music video for it. Like it seemed like you had that spirit energy of Pearl Jam into that and like the harmonies like I can't believe we haven't mentioned the harmonies yet but the harmonies are beautiful on that like that's something that Pearl Jam does do harmonies like that but like not anywhere near with with bluegrass music the the vocals are are usually pushed out front more than they are with other you know genres of music and and the the chord progressions are usually there are hundreds of bluegrass songs that have just one, four, five chord. And they might, there might be a six minor occasionally, you know, but that the neat thing about these, all these groups is they, they use different, you know, just like better man, it goes from a one to a two, you know, and, and, it, and it's, it's different than, uh, and that made it interesting. And it gave us something to kind of hook uh, our, 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 uh, approach to you know our, our feelings on it you know gave us some energy inspired us i guess to a certain extent to 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 uh, put it all together you know so it was the chord progressions is just amazing in these in these projects that we've done wow i would have never approached i would have never written a song you know and, and have those chord changes like ride the lightning you know from, from Metallica, you know and, and so it's just, and we, we practiced that just a while ago. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and Tony said, and that's just genius. You know, the, the, the chords that they chose, it's, it's really neat. There's a lot of those guys out there in these groups that are just phenomenal. Well, so you, you mentioned better man. The, the interesting thing about better man is when, when we, we started doing the video, we really didn't realize how good a song, how powerful the song was to play it. You know, when you, when you do things in the studio, sometimes you don't, you know, you, you got to let it move it aside for a little while and, and come back to it. And we come back to it and, and I was just shocked at the power that it had. I mean, instantly, it's not like, you know, you got to work it up to be a powerful song. Make it be something. It, it was already yep. there. It yep. was already there. That was out of all the Pearl Jam songs that Ed wrote that in a band before Pearl Jam. And then they played it. It was completely different. There was more of kind of like an active drum beat to it, more of a progression. And then Ed actually never really wanted it on an album. They recorded it for verses or worked on it for verses. And Ed said no. And then when it came time for Vitalogy, uh, it took Brendan O'Brien to be like, please put this on the record. This is your best song that you've ever written. So who, who knows? Who knows if we're sitting here talking about daughter being your your singular or something. <laughs> so uh, Brian didn't get his way. This is the uh, the last question for me. Um, did this make you into Pearl Jam fans? Or are you going to go back and and check out some of their music and and continue to to listen to it? Well, I'll I'll say that. Uh, the same thing with every group that we've done up to this point in time. If they come on the radio and I recognize that I have covered that song, I turn it up. Right. And, okay. I, and I admire it because I know what they went through to create that music. You know, it's kind of like when you buy a car, 
and you never see one until you buy it. I never, I never, I never paid attention that much to Metallica songs, Ozzy Osbourne songs. <clears throat> yeah, I knew who they were, but until we covered them, hey, there they are. Yeah. There they are. There's Pearl Jam. There's yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. And and it's it's like like Andy said, the dog kind of perks his ears up. That's right. Turns his head and says, "You know, I I think I know that song." <laughs> it makes you appreciate it what what they did so much more when when you've worked with that music, what whoever it is, it, it makes you appreciate what they did. And yeah, to to say we become fans, uh, we have we have if they're on TV, you know, I will tune in to them. Yeah. You know, when I when nor I wouldn't have before. You know, I will tune in and say, hey, I'm going to watch them do this now. You know, I've, I've heard this. It's I've had this reason to look into this music and, and and you just want to absorb more. Even after you're done with the project, it's like, uh, you, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the the Metallica, some kind of monster. Yeah. Uh, thing that's out there. I mean, it's fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating to me that 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 they were able to get done what they did for or have done and still doing for so long, you know, uh, and, and the, the way that they went about it, you know, just engaging with each other, you, you start to respect all those things there that you're not part of it, but you know that that part of it is what got them where they are. And, and man, it really makes you appreciate their music then. Well, yeah. John, John stole my last question. So I'm going to go with a new question. That I think is better <laughs> because I, there are two songs that unfortunately I think were probably left off of CMH's list, but they're on mine. And I want to challenge you guys. If, you, if you're up to the task to at least listen to these songs and maybe come up with it in your head as to what you could do with those. And those two songs are a song called Leash that's on Verses and a song called Lucan that's on No Code. I would love to see how you could do Lucan. I think that's like when I brought your record up to people on our social media at first, they're like, how did they not do Lucan? Lucan is pretty much a minute long song that is a full fledged all out, like just hardcore song. But I would love to see how it would be done on bluegrass. <laughs> so I don't know, like, you know, maybe at least listen to it and we can reconnect and then we'll tell our audience, like, how you guys felt about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give that a listen. Okay. Well, one Leash. Was it Leash? Leash. Yeah. Leash and Lucan. Those yeah, are my we'll two send challenges. Just some YouTube links, maybe. Yeah. 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 We can. We can send you some stuff and maybe I'll even send you guys some stuff from songs that you probably didn't get on the list that I think you guys will really like that kind of get into the depth of, like you said, with better man, like the power of the song, stuff like love boat captain and inside job, those kind of songs. Cause I'm sure they didn't recommend those to you. Well, when you, when you, when you look at those, those kind of songs, like given to fly, mm -hmm. look at the contrast <clears throat> in that and in rear view mirror, you know, the the what they're capable of doing was just almost limitless. Yeah. You you can see in that 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 even though they may may have may not have recorded those songs recently or whatever, uh, they were capable of or are capable of doing whatever comes to mind with with them. So when when I was listening to uh, to Given to Fly, 
I'm thinking, man, this is such a passionate song, you know, to, to be, you, you, this has to go on to that list. And, and Lucan may have been on that list, but <laughs> once we got to listening to these things, you're going, wow, how can you leave that off? You know, I mean, what, what a wonderful song and what a wonderful meaning in, in a song. Uh, you, you just, it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. There's so many good ones that, that it's hard to drill down onto them. And, and they sure had, they had a lot of good songs. Once we got started, we, and understood their music, then we could, we could go with it. But in the beginning, just listening to the tracks, we're, we're going, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, but after we started into the work of it, and when you spend months fooling with these this type of music, uh, and you finally get that respect for it, then all things are possible. We'll give these a listen because they may be very possible. Well, I appreciate you doing that, guys. And yeah, I, I love how you guys found this respect for the band. And and like this is kind of what we say to people that are sort of outside our universe that like no Pearl Jam for the hits and no Pearl, Pearl Jam for the singles. Like they are so much deeper and just more creative songs and more just powerful songs that they never wanted to release as singles because they felt like it was kind of for them and their fans. And that's it. Like they didn't want some of those songs being out there, but yeah, I'll have to, I'd, l- I'd love to send you some more so- songs to see what you guys say about it, but yeah. thank, thank you all for coming on. This was an excellent, just fantastic conversation. And I'd yeah. love hearing your side of it. Cause I don't know if you can tell, but we know nothing about bluegrass. So this was yeah. educational for us, but yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having thanks us for on having guys. Us on. We enjoyed it too. Once again, thank you to Iron Horse. It was definitely an interesting way of developing all this and and seeing how that they do it and seeing their process is nothing short of of kind of amazing how they kind of figure this all out without being full-fledged fans of the bands that they're covering. So I give them a lot of credit for that. They did a really, really good job, and, and they are pros, pros right here. So... I suggest you guys go out and stream or pick up the record, however you may choose to intake it. And as mentioned, it is called Picking on Pearl Jam, and you can find it on Spotify, on YouTube, any of your streaming platforms that you may choose. And also for this episode, we will have sort of a director's cut on Patreon. If you guys are interested in that, if you are patrons, then go over to the Patreon account and you'll hear kind of an extended episode with a little bit more bells and whistles to it. That's that's for all of you who subscribe over there. If you'd like to, patreon.com slash live on four legs and you'll get this and other content. So, all right. We will see you next week for Universal City 2009 from October 1st. That's our next episode, so excited to bring it to you, and hopefully we'll see you there. Thanks so much for listening. She loved him, yeah. She don't want to leave this way. She feeds him, yeah. That's why she'll be back again. Can't find a better man Can't find a better man Can't find a better man Can't find a better man